Well, hello, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Jessica is here with me again today. Say hi. Hi, everybody. Yay. It's so fun. We've been on, what, four episodes together now in a row? We have. We're on a roll. On a I roll. Like That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> um, so today's actually a really special episode. We are celebrating our birthdays. My birthday is May 2nd, and I am 30 four, I think. I always forget and have to like quickly do the math. You don't have to share your age, Jessica, if you don't want to. Uh, it's going to make me sound so much older now. <laughs> yes, I am cringing already. So my birthday is May 4th and I'm still in my thirties, but I'm a few years older than Caitlin. <laughs> I like that little work around you did that. Right? <laughs> um, so we thought it would be fun to celebrate our birthdays to just do something a little bit different on that podcast today. Um, we're going to do like a little bit of a get to know us on a more personal level. Um, so we're going to share just a little bit about our stories, but then we also each came up with three questions for the other that we have not shared, and we will have to be brutally honest and hopefully have an answer for the questions the spot, that we came right? up with for each other. No yeah. pressure. <laughs> so Jess, do you want to start, like just share any information, like a little bit about who you are yeah. um, so that we can get to know you? Sure. So I grew up in San Francisco, actually, and I live here now, but I spent probably, let's see, college and all of my 20s living in Los Angeles. That's where I met Caitlin. So I have three kids. My oldest, Jameson, he's in first grade, so I get to be homeschooling him right now, which is very interesting. I was definitely not cut out to be a first grade teacher, <laughs> but it's fun. Um, and then our middle child, Davey, is four years old. He's named after my dad. And then our youngest is Harper, a little girl, and she is about 15 months old. And yes, I'm sure some of you are like, okay, you had two boys. Were you hoping for a girl? And absolutely I was. And so I'm very, very happy we are done with our three and life is crazy, but good. And yeah. I love it. That's I mean, it. That's how, background. You, how you do anything with three kids oh is beyond me. Like we just have Will and he's two and a half. And I'm always thinking, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. And I could not <laughs> even imagine what life is like in your household. It's definitely crazy all the time. Right. But it does get easier. And I feel like I am such a type A, like perfectionist, but with three, you kind of can't be. And it's just like, <laughs> all right, it is what it is. Like, I'm going to go with the flow. <laughs> Maybe I do need that, but I'm not ever, I'm not having any <laughs> I know, you're I don't done. need that in my life. That's it. I'm, I'm done. Um, so our stories are actually relatively similar. Um, mm -hmm. We have a lot of parallels in our life with lives, which is very interesting. So I grew up in the Bay Area as well, and I moved to LA to go to Loyola Marymount University. We both went there, but we didn't mm -hmm. know each other because I think you are you graduated I I before I was graduated. a freshman. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I lived in Manhattan Beach as well as Jessica. We yep. were like two miles away from each other for years. And then we didn't meet until we taught at a school together in Los Angeles, which was fantastic and fun the and best the best experience. Ever. Yes. <laughs> and that's how we met. And um, I ended up moving back up to Northern California, I think a year after you after left. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we only worked apart from each other for like a year. And mm -hmm. then thankfully, I mean, it all kind of worked out that yeah. I, you moved back up here. I moved back up here. Now our families are here. Um, and it's great, but I will say I really miss LA. 
Heck yeah. <laughs> Me too. I just remember being thinking to myself, oh, I just miss the rain and I miss the seasons and I miss the weather. And now, no, I don't. I want right? it to be 75 degrees and sunny every single day. I am in the midst of trying to convince my husband to move, like half joking, but kind of not really. And like I pull up houses all the time in Manhattan Beach again, or even like totally across the country, just where it's warmer because I'm <laughs> so over San Francisco's weather. I know oh. we have nothing to complain about. Like it's snowing in Minnesota right now, what my family says. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> I need some sunshine. Yeah. And you're in the city. So, I mean, if you guys don't know, the San Francisco is socked in with fog often, yes. especially in the right. summer. Don't ever come visit in August. No. Oh my gosh. You can always <laughs> tell the tourists they're in their shorts and it's freezing here in August. <laughs> no one knows. Right. But I will say like where I live in San Francisco is the sunniest part of the city and the sun just <laughs> popped out as we were talking. I'm like, oh, okay, how perfect. It's not so bad. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, it's so funny because I am what 20 minutes away from you, 30 minutes away from you, just across one of the bridges. And mm -hmm. we have totally different weather than you do. Yes. It'll be like 85 and beautiful where I live and freezing cold <laughs> and foggy <laughs> when we're just right. in the city. <laughs> and whenever we meet up, I love it. It's like, wait, what are you wearing? Do I need a coat? Do I like, yes. how hot is it? Yes, totally. Um, so yeah, that's our story. And beyond those parallels, I mean, there are all kinds of other things oh about us that our husbands are just like, you really are the same yes. person, mm -hmm. um, which has been interesting because I feel like you know, generally opposites attract, like working with someone who is just like you could cause a lot of problems, but right. we haven't had that issue, no. which is really nice. I love Not that, that I would. Right. I mean, who knows what the future holds? Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I love though that like I found someone that I can work with where it's like 10 o'clock and if I'm like, oh, I'm kind of hungry for lunch, Caitlin's like, oh, so am I. Let's yeah. start eating soon. And it's like, no one else would do that, no. right? <laughs> Nobody else. And we'll get the same exact thing when we go to lunch. We yep. both get our, our Coca-Cola. Coke. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So let's do the question. So do you want to do one and then I'll do one? Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. So my first question has to do with education. It's my more serious question. Okay. But it's what is the single factor that makes a quality ELA program in your opinion? Because you've taught ELA for, I don't even know how many years. Long many, time. many years. Yeah. <laughs> and all different grade levels too. Right. So I think that that's been an interesting experience for me. I taught, you know, all levels of high school English, remedial freshmen to honor seniors. Um, then I taught fifth grade for a year and spent most of my time in middle school, seventh and eighth grade. And I would say, this is a great question, that the most effective ELA programs have a, an incredibly strong writing component of it, uh, literary analysis specifically, and that students are writing consistently about what they are reading about and studying as a class. So I think that that is key of marrying those two together, reading and writing. You know, oftentimes I'll see teachers, you know, in our Facebook group and our EB Teachers Club who are frustrated that they have to teach reading separately or writing separately and that they can't be writing about what they're reading about in class. And it just doesn't right. have the same effect that being able to teach those two subjects together does. Because at least for me, whatever we're reading, that's going to dictate what we write about. That's going sure. to dictate, you know, the different types of grammar that we're currently studying. Um, that's going to have an effect on the vocabulary words that we are covering. I mean, every single part of the ELA curriculum is rooted in what we're reading about. So to have mm -hmm. writing just be kind of this whole separate 
class just, it doesn't make sense to me. And it's interesting that so many schools have it set up that way. Right. So then do you have any advice for, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but do you have any advice for teachers who are like, that's how my school does it. I have to teach reading and writing separately. What can they do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you need to work really closely with the writing teacher Mm -hmm. um, so that you have some sort of framework for how you are both teaching writing. You know, obviously in your reading class, your kids are going to be writing about what you're reading about. Maybe they're not writing these extensive essays, um, but Mm -hmm. any short answer should follow a similar framework to what the writing teacher is teaching in the writing class. And I would say if you're the writing teacher, you know, you should be conferencing with the reading teacher. Hey, what are you guys reading? What are some essential questions that you have that I could have our students writing about in my class to help support you um, so that they're not so disjointed, you know? I love it. Yeah, yeah. Makes total sense. Yeah. I think it's good advice. Good question. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Here's my I'm scared. That'll be, <laughs> that'll be more teacher related for you. Okay. Okay. So this one is easy. I okay. think. Why did you become a teacher? Oh my gosh. I, uh, I guess that's easy, but a long answer. I'll keep it short. <laughs> okay. Um, I wanted to be a teacher since I was, I don't know, younger than five. I would play with my stuffed animals. I'm sure a lot of teachers can relate to that. So I would always set up school at home and I just knew that that was in me. I liked helping others. I loved learning as a kid. So I wanted to translate that. And I think as I grew older um, and had, you know, amazing teachers that influenced me, I wanted to be able to extend what they taught me into the classroom and share my love of reading and writing in particular with my own students. So like I didn't even attempt to find another profession. Like I just knew I wanted to be a teacher, but this is actually really funny. And I have no idea why I wrote this down, but my brother just came across my old yearbook from eighth grade. And it said like what you wanted to be when you grow up. And for some crazy reason, I said, I wanted to be a marine biologist. I have no idea why. Like I didn't, I hated science. I was never good at it. Like, that is too where did funny. that come from? So I don't know if that was just like a lapse in <laughs> my judgment that day. But Maybe like, the yearbook made a mistake. Maybe they did. I think that must be it. That is pretty funny. <laughs> Isn't that funny? This happened like two days ago. That How me that. appropriate is that? I right? love that. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely making fun of me for that. He's like, I could not see that at all. A marine Maybe you liked dolphins and I think sea I turtles did. at that point yes. or something. <laughs> And that's, that was about it. <laughs> All right. My next question for you, just kind of a fun background one is what was your first job? And like, even as a teenager and were you any good at it? Okay. This is good. I was a beverage cart girl at a golf course because my family <laughs> are huge golfers. Like my, okay. my brother went to college for, on a golfing scholarship. My dad is, you know, uh, runs golf camps across the country. He, they're mm-hmm. huge golfers. And so they always went out to our local, um, golf course. And so when I needed a job, I think I was, I had to have been 16 and I think I was probably illegally selling alcohol. Like, I don't think I was old enough to <laughs> right. be doing that, probably but it was not. like, so, you know, out in the country, it didn't really matter. <laughs> and it was a fantastic job. And I loved it because it was, I was outside. I got to interact with people. I was my own boss, essentially. You know, I Mm -hmm. kind of did my own thing out on the course. And I, what I loved the most about it was that I was able to 
make 25 cents for every item I sold in addition to my, like I was getting paid yeah. like $6 and 25 cents, I think was my, my, uh, hourly wage. Uh-huh. And, um, so I would be like, okay, like that means the more, you know, I sell today, the more money I can save. And I was saving it to go, I think to college was the, you know, have like my own fund yeah, when I went away to college. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, I, I was good at it. It was a great I job. Bet. It was I could so fun. totally see you doing this and like <laughs> making small talk with the golfers and like, I don't know. Just the, best, fun so the fun part about it is I'm actually a decent golfer myself. Right. Um, and, but no one assumes that about mm-hmm. me at all. So I would say, you know, I'll bet you $20 that I can hit, you know, this drive at least 150 yards or whatever it was, you know, <laughs> and they'd be like, okay, yeah, sure. And so I'd get up there, I'd tee up the ball and I'd just drill it. And they would be like, okay, here's 20 bucks. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it that you were like making money on top of your job, you know, <laughs> a side hustle kind of thing. Side hustle. Yeah. No, it was fun. It was, and I got to play golf for free. So it was yeah. awesome. It was a great Oh, that job. sounds like a great job. Yeah. Yeah. I like that question. That's fun. Okay. Next question for you is what is one thing that you have done that no one else, you know, has done? Oh my (laughs) God, Caitlin, I hate questions (laughs) like that. What's one thing I've done that no one, what's like a crazy thing. Okay. Uh Just that none of our audience knows I've done. Or like, can I take it like that way? Sure. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Sorry. I hate being on the spot with these kind of questions. I'm so bad at like, you're going to be mad at me after we get off. Yeah, I am. I'm going to give her a mouthful, everybody. (laughs) Um, Okay. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, Let's see. Something you guys don't know that I've done is that I, before I met my husband, I traveled a bunch with my girlfriends um, every summer because as a teacher, right, you have summers off. And so I'd work a summer camp, get some spending money, and then go spend it on traveling, which was wonderful. But I spent about six weeks traveling through Bali, Indonesia, and all through Thailand. And it was just such an amazing, amazing experience. And, you know, trying new foods, getting immersed in the culture, just going to so many unique places. And that um, was probably like my last major, major trip, but I still have the travel bug and I want to keep going. So that was a huge part of my life. Just that particular trip. Yeah. So, I mean, six I mean, weeks is a long time. Answer. It was a really long time. Yeah. And it was with five or six different like college girlfriends who had come and go throughout that time. So like one, yeah. one came at one point and, you know, and then left in another. Came so really you were so traveling by yourself ish and then people would come. Mm, I would say there was one other girl that stayed with me consistently okay. the whole gotcha. time. Yeah. Nice. But it was so much fun and just, oh my gosh, such memories. And yeah. I look back on like, we were sending emails home to, you know, our families <laughs> and my mom, of course, like printed them all out. And so I can like read what oh, I was how writing. Cute. It's like a journal of the time. And yeah. it's really cool to look back on that. That's fun. I know. I yeah. can't wait till Will gets to be a certain age where, you know, maybe he's like five and my husband mm-hmm. and I can take him on vacations together, right? you know, because that's what life is about is experiences, you know, for sure. No, I'm looking yeah. forward to the same thing. And right now the kids are just, I mean, we definitely go on vacations, but it's just a little too crazy to yeah. venture. It's not, too a, far. it's not a vacation. It's no. more of like a survive this trip together. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Sorry for putting you on the spot with no, that question. That's okay. I don't know if my answer was that, no, great, I like guys, it. but I love I'm to sure travel, a lot so of people can relate to that. Okay. Um, okay. Last question for you is 
I guess, I don't know if it's serious or not, but what's something you've discovered about yourself since, like a quality you have since leaving the classroom and now running EB Academics together? Because it's such a different skill set kind of, of working in the classroom versus running this company. Yeah, that's interesting because I've learned a lot Mm -hmm. about myself having a business. Like owning a business is a different experience. Um, in a lot of great ways and in a lot of <clears throat> stressful ways, a lot of, you know, just, it's just very different. Um, gosh, I think, I mean, I always knew that I was driven, but I never knew the extent that I was driven. And I think I'm driven to a point of fault. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that I work myself too hard and I, I don't think that I, I realized that as a teacher because we're forced almost to take breaks. You know, you have Mm -hmm. winter break and yeah, you have to grade and prep a little bit, but it's not, you're able to turn off in some capacity occasionally as a teacher, especially in the summertime. At least for me, I was able to turn off after I did my summer school. And then I, you know, I shut the doors for two months and didn't do a whole heck of a lot. Right. That's what I was able to set up for myself in the summer. Um, but now it's, you know, it's a constant on my mind all day. I wake up thinking about it at night. I go to sleep thinking about it and not in a, in a bad way. Um, it's just made me be more self-reflective in looking, being able to look at myself and think, okay, what are you struggling with right now? And how can you, we fix that? How can Mm -hmm. I fix that for myself? And so having that drive and that passion to just always be doing something more and just always be doing something better and always improving is a great quality, but it's also something that I need to kind of rein in a little bit. And so being able to figure that out, I think has been a huge learning experience for me. That's been one of my biggest takeaways. I mean, you probably feel the same way. Absolutely. It's such a a unique experience to be running this business and not having that background before, but, um, I see like your drive and it's definitely inspiring to me to push myself harder, but I know exactly what you mean about like knowing when to say, okay, I need to mentally like take a little break and allow that creativity back in, allow myself to rest and find that balance. And that's hard to do when it's like, okay, we have a, a lot of people who do depend on us and like, we don't want to turn off completely. No, no. And I never want to disappoint somebody. You know, I never want to let somebody down. And I think that's an interesting thing I've learned about myself too, the extent to which I don't want to let somebody down. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that plays into, it all kind of, you know, plays into each other. I mean, we could have a whole hours long (laughs) episode conversation about, about running a business, but that's a good question. I like that. Thanks for that one. Okay. So this one is um, the last one for you. And this one, I think, will be easy. Good. Let's hope <laughs> so. <laughs> what is your favorite novel that you studied in high school? Oh, okay. That's good. Hmm. I mean, the first one that came to mind, I didn't study in high school. So let's see. Let me think back for a minute. Okay. I don't know if it was my favorite, but I remember it and like it was memorable. Uh-huh. So freshman year of high school, we did Romeo and Juliet. So I know it's not a novel, but I definitely remember that unit because the teacher made it so much fun and we were always doing skits and activities. And so I liked that aspect of it. Um, but my favorite, like curriculum that we studied in ELA wasn't novels. I actually took a film class my senior year of high school. We got to pick our electives for English that year. And that's the one I got. So it was like a, it was called from page to screen. So we would study 
like scripts or how these movies were made. And then we'd watch the film version and compare. And that was like hands down my favorite. So I know it doesn't really answer your question. No, that's good. But like that class totally inspired how I taught my curriculum and my love of movies and how I'd show movies to my own students and how we'd analyze them. So yeah, not a novel, but studying like how movies were made and learning about that. That's cool. I took a similar class my senior year. It was um, postmodern American literature. And Mm -hmm. we studied a lot of films in conjunction with the books that we were reading. So we studied like a lot of Kurt Vonnegut and Lamont. We watched Mm -hmm. Fight Club and just like all of these interesting films that had, you know, these underlying themes and commentary on society that I wouldn't have at that age made a connection to. And so ever since then, it's kind of like I look at everything very differently. Right. You know, everything I read, everything I see, everything I watch now has like a critical lens because mm-hmm. of that class. Which is so ideal when you're in an ELA classroom, right? right. To be able to teach students to analyze literature with a, a critical lens. So, yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, this was fun. Hopefully was people fun. got to know us a little a bit little better. A little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe so. we'll do another one um, next year for our birthdays yes. when we're just a little bit older. Oh gosh. And a little <laughs> bit wiser. Right? A little bit. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Hilarious. Okay. Well, next week we are going to be moving into talking about narratives on the podcast more in depth for the next couple of weeks. That's what our focus is going to be um, because we know a lot of you teach it towards the end of the year to kind of wrap things up. And then also when we go back to school, I know a lot of teachers start the year with narratives as well. So yeah. we want to kind of lay that groundwork for you and start to set you up for success and right. share those we ideas. So many good ideas that we're going to be talking about. I can't wait. I Yay. love talking about narratives. <laughs> All right, you guys, we'll see you next week on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Happy birthday to you, Jessica. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. All right. Bye, you guys. Bye.